The reading today comes from the Old Testament, way back in the Old Testament, all the way to Genesis. It starts in chapter 28, verse 10. It will be a familiar story to you. Jacob left Bathsheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there for the night, because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it underneath his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you will lie, I will give you give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the south and to the north. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put under his head, and he set it up on a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called that place Bethel. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, if once again you had read just a little bit above this, you would have found the story of Esau and Jacob. Now, I always tell people, if you're going to the book beach and you want to bring something to read, bring the Bible. Because it has everything in it. It has intrigue, it has mystery, it has romance, it has everything in it. And you see some of that in this story. It is a tangled story. It is filled with deceit. It's filled with intrigue and animosity. Esau did not want his birthright. And back in the day, that was a very important thing. He despised it. As a matter of fact, so he sold it to Jacob for the grand total of a pot of stew. That had to tell you how much he thought of his birthright, right? So Jacob, prior to this, has deceived his father and gotten his father to bless him as the ruler and chief heir of the family. And his father discovers this. So there is a tremendous amount of tension between the two. It got so bad that Jacob packed up everything he had and he went as far away as he could to live with others. Now prior to this, you don't even hear Jacob having a conversation with God. Don't you find that odd? But here you have Jacob, who doesn't seem to have time for God. 
You don't hear about him worshiping God. You don't have it, hear him having any encounters with God in his life until this story. Jacob had little use or little time for God. But God's getting ready to show up. God's getting ready to act dramatically in Jacob's life. He's getting ready to disrupt this self-serving, selfish life that Jacob has pursued. Jacob's been on the run all day. He's got problems swirling around in his mind. That sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? We always have something mulling over in our minds. And he must have been extremely tired to just lay down and choose a rock to put his head on. That may not have been my choice. But he chooses a rock to put his head on, and he falls asleep. He's laying there underneath the heavens. And then he goes to sleep. And he dreams. God is getting ready to disrupt him. He dreams that he sees a large ladder, or a staircase, some say, that is engulfed in light. And at the top are the heavens, the very throne of God. And on this staircase, on this ladder, the messengers of God are traveling up and down between heaven and earth. They are delivering the petitions from God's people up to God, saying, these are the needs of your people. Jacob is one of the very few privileged people to get a working view of God's kingdom and the spiritual activity that goes on in heaven. God reveals himself, and then he gives Jacob this great promise. He said, here, you are the heir to the promises that I've made to your father and to your father's father before him. And he repeats those promises to Jacob saying personally to him, I am the Lord God, the God of Father Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the very land on which you're lying on. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. He says, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring this land back to you. And I'm not going to leave you until I have fulfilled what I have promised to you. Jacob wakes up from his dream and he calls the place Bethel which is the Jewish word, the Hebrew word that means house of God. This was a special place for him. It was the very dwelling place of the Lord. This is the place where Jacob met our God. 
And he wasn't expecting to see him. He wasn't expecting to meet him. In fact, he wasn't even thinking about God. It was purely by God's grace. God's grace, not Jacob's. And frankly, it was probably the last thing on Jacob's mind. To even, did he even want to meet God? Probably not. He was really only thinking away from getting away from his brother and his father. Because they wanted to kill him. His mind was not on the thoughts of God, but what lay ahead of him. But God broke into Jacob's self-absorbed world in a very amazing way. God came to Jacob even when Jacob was not seeking him. God opened his world to Jacob when Jacob had closed his world off to God. The whole incident tells us something very important about our Lord. Isaiah the prophet quotes God as saying from Isaiah 65.1, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call my name. I said, here am I. Here am I. Our God is so very full of surprises. Just when you don't expect him, here he is. God can and will interrupt your self-centered lives in the most amazing ways. Think about all the times in the Bible when that has happened. If Moses is telling his story, he's probably saying, well, you know the funniest thing happened to me today? I was walking around minding my own business, and all of a sudden this bush caught fire, and God began to speak to me. Do you think God, Moses was out there expecting God to speak to him on that day? Moses probably thought, he's not even interested in me. I'm just a shepherd. Paul, when he was still Saul, is walking on the road to Damascus. And there was one thing on Saul's mind. It was hate. He was the one that was going around persecuting the Christians. Think about that. The Lord stopped him right where we was in his tracks and changed his life, so much so that there was a conversion that it even changed his name from Saul to Paul. Think about Gideon. He's just out there doing his job, threshing the wheat. When the Lord came to him and announced that he was going to use his life in ways that Gideon had never even dreamed of. If I ask you, now, each one of y'all could name someone else in the Bible where God showed up and changed their life, their ordinary life, in extraordinary ways. And guess what? He's still doing that today. Still doing that. Most of us cannot say that we've had the sky opened up or that we've passed a flaming bush 
or that we became physically truly blind and then began to see again. But there are those times that God shows up unexpectedly in our lives. When we least expect it. When we're not thinking about it. It may be when you're in church. Or it could quite possibly be when you're somewhere you shouldn't be. It may come when you truly have needed him the most or when you didn't think you needed him at all. Maybe in a time of crisis, that's when we always turn to God, right? We're in a time of crisis, maybe in some depression, but the greatest time when he shows up, I think, is when we're really experiencing joy. And we take that moment to know God is present with us. But our God is the God of the unexpected. He came knocking on your door probably when you least expected it. He may even come now when you least want to hear from him. It may be a time when you feel near to him. It may be a time when you're afraid. Have you thought about that? When you're afraid to hear what God is saying. You may not want to hear it. You may not want to hear what he is asking you to do. You're just afraid to let go and let something happen to you. You know, there is a story, you may have heard it, but it's always uh, one that kind of makes me giggle, about the agnostic that fell off the cliff. And as he was falling over, he grabbed out and grabbed a root. You can picture it. You've seen it in the movies. The dirt is falling. The root keeps coming out of the cleft a little bit further. And he's there. And out of sheer desperation, this agnostic yells, God, if you are up there, help me. And God does not hesitate. He answers, Son, do you believe in me? The agnostic yells, yes, I believe in you. What do you want me to do? And God says, well, I want you to trust me. And I want you to let go of that root. There is this very long pause from the agnostic. And he looks up and yells, hello, is there anybody else up there? <laughs> Is that not how we sometimes feel? I think we do. We know what is up there. We know what God wants us to do. But we're just really not trusting enough to do it. God works differently in everybody else's life, but he is still working. He was interested in Jacob's life. And thousands of years later, guess what? He is still just as interested in your life as his individual, as his child. He is still there. Just look around. He is waiting for you. You know, we are not to climb up 
the ladder to God. Because God always comes down to meet us exactly where we are. You cannot climb up to God. He comes to you. Romans 3.11 says, There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. It is always God who takes the initiative. It is not we who find God, but God that finds us. God came to Jacob that night, opened the door to heaven and said, I am here. Jesus says it in Revelation 3.20. He says, I, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He is the God who is looking for you. He is the God who still knocks at our hearts. All we have to do, really, is to be like Jacob. Just quit running. Just quit running. And if you haven't, you will experience your own personal Bethel. It's a beautiful thing. You have to quit running. We cannot say that we have God in our heart. In fact, Romans 10, 6 and 8 says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? Because in reality, that is bringing Christ down to us, to our level. Since the word is near you, it is in your mouth, it is in your heart. Just say, come into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Jesus identifies himself with Jacob's experience in Bethel when he speaks to Nathaniel. He says, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He is the door to heaven, the house of God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. For no one comes to the Father except through me. Quit running. Quit running and be still so that God can knock on your heart. Because he's never far away. He's never really going to leave you alone. The psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. You cannot run from him. Surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me. For even in the darkness, God is there. When God is longing for you and looking for you, you cannot hide from him. 
You may try to ignore him for a while. We are all guilty of that. But there is a better way. Quit running. Open your heart to your God. Have your own Bethel, wherever it is. Make your heart the house of God. Surely the Lord is in this place, and you're just not aware of it. Surely the Lord is in your heart. He is still interested in you. Amen and amen.